In the 1990s, I worked at a, a coffee shop, and there was this uh, schmaltzy sort of Muzak station that was always on. And uh, amongst uh, Celine Dion songs, there was also this song by a woman named Joan Osborne. Do you remember her? It came out in 1995 called One of Us. Uh, and it's uh, sort of asking the question, uh, what if God uh, were one of, amongst one of us? Uh, and some of the lyrics go like this. If God had a name, what would it be? And would you call it to his face? If you were faced with him in all his glory, what would you ask him if you had just one question? And then the, the uh, chorus goes, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? Um, it's actually a decent song. It's a little bit deficient, uh, but it sort of asks a great question for Christmas uh, in terms of uh, God being one of us. And scripture asks, answers all of the uh, questions that Joan Osborne asked in her song. All you have to do is, is look uh, to the Bible to answer Joan's questions. Uh, and of course, today, our gospel lesson uh, is, is sort of ground zero for the answer uh, is John uh, chapter one, a famous sort of poem or meditation on the word of God, the divine logos. Uh, in the beginning was the word, uh, in English capitalizing the W, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. As I said, the, the Greek word behind this is the word logos, which is a really complex word. The most simplistic definition, top line you'll get is, is word. Uh, it, it literally means it's the word for word. The word is the word, right? Um, but it means more than that. Uh, it's God's creative word, his, uh, his wisdom. Uh, sort of all uh, philosophical notions uh, combined into one uh, complex idea. And as we're told in John chapter 1, uh, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And that Word is Jesus Christ. And this is something that's been going all along from Genesis chapter 1 uh, in the story of God's creation and relationship with humanity. John in chapter 1 starts with the phrase, in the beginning, and that's deliberate because the Bible with Genesis chapter 1 starts with what? In the beginning. He's sort of recapitulating the creation narrative for us, viewing it through the Word of God who is Jesus Christ. And you remember what Genesis uh, chapter 1 says throughout, but just hear the, the very uh, beginning of that chapter again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And it goes on uh, through the sixth day in terms of creating uh, all the universe and the earth and our uh, seas and mountains, land, dry land, uh, creatures that live in the waters, roam the earth and all creepy crawly things and humans. Uh, but it's sort of the same sort of pattern that what does he do in order to create? He speaks uh, and it comes into being. And then when he sees the thing that he creates, he speaks again and pronounces it good. 
Um, and then uh, just skipping ahead in the Bible a little bit, I want to read you a really fascinating uh, bit of Proverbs. Now, you probably remember Proverbs as sort of a, sort of a pithy list of sayings, and, and mostly that's true, though there are some parts that sort of don't follow that pattern. And one is a meditation on, on the idea of wisdom itself. And you might think of the, of the word logos, remember I said it's really com- complex, includes the idea of God's wisdom as well. The wisdom that Proverbs uh, meditates on. And there's this uh, passage in chapter 8 of Proverbs where the idea of wisdom is personified. And hear what Proverbs says about wisdom. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of men. I mean, it sounds a lot like John chapter 1, doesn't it? Uh, Well, hear this finally before I talk about John chapter 1, a little bit of length. Uh, Again, what we hear through uh, the season of Advent, Isaiah's prophecies about the coming uh, Messiah, In chapter 7, Isaiah says uh, to King Ahaz, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. Remember Joan Osborne's song, What if God was one of us? Well, he was, in the form of Jesus Christ. That's such a crazy concept that all these things that I'm talking about in terms of Genesis chapter 1 and Proverbs, that uh, the creator of the universe, his uh, spoken word, his wisdom, became one of us, took on human form, condescended, humiliated himself, humbled himself to become a human. And here again, John chapter 1, and the word, the logos, his spoken word, his creative word, his wisdom, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The sort of uh, fancy theological uh, term for what's happening here is incarnation. Maybe you've heard that before. Incarnation. Uh, it basically means enfleshment. You can think of like the, uh, the Spanish word for meat, carne, uh, or uh, you know, our word carnivorous, eating meat, or carcass. Uh, flesh, the word became enfleshed, took on human form, became a slob like one of us, as Joan Osborne says. Isn't that a great line? What if God were on a bus just a slob like one of us. Well, that actually happened, Joan. Uh, about 2,000 years ago in Palestine, Jesus Christ was walking around on earth. The word of God took on human form. 
uh, and was a slob, really was. I mean, he was born in a really sloppy environment, was a slob like one of us. I really don't like that Christmas song that talks about baby Jesus not crying. Which one is that? We sang it last night. Away in a manger. That's ridiculous. He was actually a baby, just like your babies, Charlie, and mine cried. So did the word of God when he took on flesh. He was a slob like one of us and cried and he made poopy and pee-pee diapers. When I was, at the same time that Joan Osborne was singing on the radio for years, when I was in high school, uh, um, I bought my first car. I had two uncles who were really into uh, vintage Volkswagens. Um, and when I got my learner's permit to drive, one of them let me drive his Volkswagen bus. Uh, you know, the, the, not the sort of new ones, not the sort of Westphalia ones, but the old ones with the split windshield and the steering wheel like this. I was 15 years old, and I thought this was the coolest thing in the world, and I thought, that's the car I want. So I asked one of my uncles who knew how to work on these things, uh, could you help me? I really want to buy a Volkswagen bus. That's what I want. I'd been saving money working at that cafe where Joan Osborne was playing all the time. I saved $1,500, and we went to a Volkswagen swap meet, and my uncle, who I hardly knew because he was my, my aunt's husband, so uncle by marriage, uh, and by the way, I had a history of juvenile delinquency, and he probably had really, you know, sort of like thoughts like, can I trust this kid, you know? Um, but he took me to a, a swap meet, and we bought this 1961 Volkswagen bus for $1,500. That's all I had. And he drove, drove it home. My mom and I followed in a working car behind him. And this thing, for 90 minutes, I mean, it just, it, it was, he was like white knuckle driving the thing home. But we worked on it for months so that by the time I turned 16, it was in uh, about 16 or so, it was in working order, and that was my car. You know, and driving up to high school in this old Volkswagen bus, I thought it was the coolest thing. But in order to get there, we had to work on it every Saturday about my Uncle Rene uh, got on the cold concrete floor of his garage, getting dirty with me. Mostly he was doing the work, and I was just sort of handing him the tools and pretending like I knew what I was doing. Uh, you know, and it was a lot of work. Smelling the fumes, we often would bleed. You know, you're, the wrench goes too far and you crack a knuckle open and you bleed all over the place. And when, when I finally drove that car, I said, I built that. <laughs> and it wasn't true. I mean, I helped out, but the truth was that Renee, my uncle, was the one doing all the hard work. Uh, you know, and, uh, and he, he knew my past, like I told you, and yet he still, uh, he, he ignored that. And he, for months, worked with me, giving up. And now that I'm a, a married man with children as he was, I understand what it's like to give up your, half your Saturday to work with a 15-year-old on your car. I couldn't imagine doing this. And through that process, he really helped me to become a man. I mean, that was just such a helpful thing for my maturity. The incarnation is like that that the word got down in the sort of grease of humanity, just a slob like one of us, on the cold concrete floor, and as a matter of fact, uh, bled for us. The incarnation uh, is just sort of the beginning of the story in terms of Jesus Christ's person and work uh, for humanity. There's more to the story. And in Colossians, Paul says something that sounds like a lot 
similar to like what we've heard in John chapter 1 and Proverbs 8 and Genesis 1. Hear what Paul says, rounding out what the incarnation means. In him, Jesus Christ, the word of God, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And the word took on flesh, not just to be a, a baby so that we could have nice sentiments, but to grow up, to be fully man, to walk around on earth, to teach and preach, to perform signs, miracles, so that we might see him as that word of God, uh, and to, to have a crucifixion, to die an earthly death, but yet to rise again on the third day and finally ascend into heaven where he sits bodily at the right hand of the Father. Uh, about 40 days after his birth, Joseph and Mary took the baby Jesus uh, to the temple. And we sing often in church in morning prayer a canticle called the Nunc Dimittis, uh, the Song of Simeon. Um, and here's the narrative around that. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem, his name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, so he took up the baby Jesus. He took the word of God in the form of a baby. Isn't that crazy? The creator of the universe and this infant child in his arms in the temple and sang out to the Lord, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Um, what about you? What about you in terms of this, this narrative? What does this mean for you? Could you be like Simeon and sort of behold the Savior of the universe and the infant child? Draw him near to your heart, your chest, and accept that all this is true and not just uh, some nice uh, sentimental thing that we celebrate every December. Maybe you already believe that it's true. Praise God. I'm so glad to remind you of this magnificent, awesome, and crazy concept and story. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, I beg you, though, again, or for the first time, just as Simeon did, to, to take this up, to take this message up, to see salvation and behold it and accept it. When Simeon says, Lord, you are now letting your uh, servant depart in peace, basically what he's saying is, now I can die a happy man. I have hope. I have hope uh, in, in what's going on here. And so this is the good news of Christmas. You can now die happy people if you, like Simeon, take the message up and accept it as truth, and I hope that you will. Merry Christmas. Amen. <laughs>